Just look at the fucking bums you hang around with. What is nothing? Hey, now that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? What is something? That's deep, bro. Welcome to That's Zebro. I'm your host, Christina P. Thank you for downloading this episode of That's Zebro. With me this week is a comedian. I want to stop. Comedian Josh Potter uh, joins me in studio. The first studio guest I've had ever in this house. It's uh, it's been a while. It's it's always hard for me to coordinate with people just because your mom's house is is one thing and then the show's another thing and blah blah but we got him in here and um very interesting he's going through a big transition in his life and i thought uh why not get somebody who's in the thick of it to uh, explain what that's like i think we often forget what it feels like to to spread our wings and to fly so he's coming up but first some business october 3rd nashville tennessee i'm at zany's comedy club october 4th charlotte north carolina at the comedy zone october 8th your mom's house live live in irvine california with my boo-boo tom segura uh please shop using my banner um that's deeprobpodcast.com click on the banner for amazon amazon at the bottom of every post the holidays are swiftly approaching and uh do your shopping online dudes don't don't go to the mall please don't go to the mall please also my netflix special mother inferior debuts october 10th on netflix october 10th mark your calendars you can watch it streaming on on netflix how exciting is that holy cow Never thought that one would happen. That's that's a huge. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right, let's get this party started. That's Deep Bro. I'm your host, Christina P. And I normally, I haven't done this before. I haven't had a studio guest since we moved to this place. And with me today is the hilarious Josh Potter. I'm honored to be the first guest. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, So, Josh Potter, you tour with my husband a Mm -hmm. lot. You're a very funny dude. Thank you. And uh, I came to know you through him. And I wanted you uh, to come in today. Because you're in the middle of of a major life change. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. And I think I think that, you know, all these self help people, the Tony Robbins of the world, 
oh, I can't see your beautiful face. <laughs> uh, the Tony Robbins of the world and all these self-help people, they're like, just do it. Take the leap. You can do anything. And there's this whole murky period yeah. in between. They don't talk about the, uh, <laughs> like, what what do you do? They're just like, yeah, do it. And you're like, uh, okay, I'd love to. Uh, tell me how. Exactly. Yeah. No exactly. one can tell you how. Nobody can tell you how, and nobody tells you how utterly terrifying it is to follow your dreams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to, to talk about that, about mm-hmm. being in the muck, in the middle of it, because you're in it right now, yeah. and what better time when the feelings are there. But before that, let's give people a little bit of a background. So like, who are you? Where are you from? What's your deal? Uh, I am from Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. Grew up there my whole life. Spent... 30 years there, pretty much. And uh, and how old are you now? I'm 31. Okay. And Do you hear that, by the way, uh, little boo-boos, people listening? Yeah, I'm old. Right. Right. Not really. You're no, not, I am. I'm but, old as shit, though, for this kind of kind of shit, right? Okay. Not, Don't you I, so? I took the leap at 32. I quit my day job to be a comic. But so. you lived here, right? I did. I didn't have the setback that you do of having to move to the city and right. start from... I've been doing comedy for like nine years. Okay. So let's... Sorry. So let's back up. You're from Buffalo. Mm-hmm, did you start stand-up there? Yeah. I started when I was 22. Okay. And there was one room to do it in once a week on a Tuesday just a bar and that was it for years for four years and then a club opened up four years in yeah. a bar. and what were those early gigs like oh my god they were like we felt like rock stars oh so it was good yeah it was awesome oh, it was oh. like the purest <laughs> you know what i mean because we'd all go out we all it'd be all friends we'd write jokes and then we'd show up and we'd tell them and then like some of us would get laid we'd get drunk we'd like you know it was like a party and then a club showed up in 2012 and it was like some people had left by then and there had been more mics spreading and it was more work than at that point so it was like four years of jerking off basically of having a good time yeah and then the club opened and it's like oh we should step up our well then it was like you got work or you didn't get work and it was like oh this is like real no <clears throat> excuse me now you became a, a career comedian right yeah. you started to think that way yeah you started to be like i can do this in clubs so i'm getting booked in other clubs maybe i can do this on a bigger level Interesting. So there is like an incubation period because I get Mm -hmm. a lot of emails from young people who are like, I have this side passion. Should I just quit my day job now? And should I just pursue music? And it's like, well, whoa, whoa, maybe, maybe do your day gig. I mean, what did you do for money? Well, I did, uh, I did radio since I was 16, (gasps) which is not a stable day gig. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like comedy felt pretty stable even by comparison to radio, you know? How fucked up are you? Real fucked up. That that felt, that that felt Yeah, right? (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Radio pays dog shit. Well, it's it's also becoming a dinosaur industry. Mm -hmm. I mean... There's no more, like, million-dollar contracts. There's no more, like, six-figure deals. I mean, unless you get to a certain point, and, like, I was trying to get to that level, and, you know, did that for 15 years. So (sighs) walking away from that was, like, pretty easy to do, at least so far, you know? So you're kind of, you're kind of squeezed out of radio in in a sense. Like, I didn't have to know? be. I mean, I was. I got in before the door closed behind me. Right. I could probably still get a gig, but it would be in some shithole city for no money. You know. Right. So. But there is that temptation of well, I've already been doing something for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty great at it. I've yeah. got this life. I've got this circle of friends. I'm sure that you've made and. Mm-hmm. And what's the reason, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's two options. And it made things easy. Like radio is dying or whatever they say, but uh, it's not into a degree. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. it, it's still, it's just 
people listen to it in different ways and they listen to podcasts, they listen to it passively. Uh, there's still an audience though. So like when you're in a small city like Buffalo and you're on the radio, it's like, you know, you walk around and you could be recognized. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like a little celebrity inside of your own area and it doesn't mean anything, but it's still kind of like nice to get into a bar for free or like, you know, that kind of like dumb shit. Right. So it's great. Not have to pay for a concert. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So it had its perks, but at the end of the day, like I wasn't getting anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you were, um, a big fish in a little pond, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. I think is everybody's demise. I get not demise, but it's your situation at some point where you go like, I'm really good at this thing. Right. And okay, do I stay and do I stay comfortable or maybe not comfortable anymore? Because sometimes your bowl isn't comfortable anymore. No, yeah, (laughs) it wasn't. It was getting to be like, this is it. Like, where do I go from here? And so that's why this move just made that much more sense, you know? Yeah. And so let's talk about family life and what's, what was that like for you growing up Mm. in Buffalo? (laughs) Um, It was fine as a child. Like I really look back at my childhood and there's probably some fucked up moments, but there wasn't like, it was pretty good. Do you know what I'm saying? My parents like started fraying away as I got older, you know? And, uh, so my parents were together my whole childhood. Uh, but then they ended up getting divorced when I was an adult. So like, six years ago or something like that yeah which might be kind of worse because yeah it's really worse i would much rather have them gotten it out of the way early on yeah because your whole life you would just know them as not together yeah rather than your whole life is one way and now as an adult everything was a sham yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly kind of more messed up Mm -hmm. it's very much more messed up yeah because then you realize your parents are just other adults like you you know what i mean like a little bit more startlingly than you would when you if you just grew up that way do you know what i mean like you should grow up knowing your parents are flawed people as opposed to like oh "Oh, this is like a thing i should look towards or look up to and then once it like deteriorates as you're trying to become an adult that's true it's even more ridiculous it's so funny i just talked about this today in therapy and i i wonder is it is it that sometimes people grow up knowing their parents is that normal like do you do people know that their parents are flawed or do all children? Yeah, I think assume? they do if they if you grew up with a shitty parent, right? <laughs> no, because and I mean, like, you don't know. Sometimes you don't know. Well, the ones that are like shitty at hiding it, I guess. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, right. If you just grew up with one that just didn't care and was like, not that they didn't care, but they were like, listen, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to put that on full display all the time. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, my dad's just a dude. You know, yeah. So I that think you would. So is so they split, and then is that when things cracked for you, and you started to see the imperfections? In, yeah, in I that? mean, uh, I had a. Uh, I, I was already kind of like off the rails. I like when I was uh, how old was I? It was ten years ago. So I was like twenty one or twenty, and uh, I went blind in my right eye, and that sent me like pff, that really yeah. like sent me off the rails. Like I was already doing the radio thing, but I was like going to college thinking like, oh, I'll use this and parlay it into a bigger career. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was very on the like up and up. And then when I went blind in my eye, I quit college. I like went to Europe for three months and I just like ran away. And then uh, I came back and I started doing stand up like right when I came back. Oh, wait. So how, how did you lose your sight? Just uh, nature. Nature? <laughs> like God stole it? No, I don't know. Um, Sin? Yeah, yeah, basically. Who knows? Uh, I have like a degenerative disease in my eyes called macular degeneration. It's like something old people usually have. And uh, so 
I had like multiple surgeries growing up on both eyes. Ugh. And then finally this one went, it's like a long, uh, arduous journey. But when I was 20, it finally like shut down time. I mean, so that sucked. So I was already gone. And then that happened and I was like, fuck it. I don't care. You two can be retards. I don't give a <laughs> shit what goes on. You know what I mean? So I was already like long gone by that point, but. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, that's already a huge thing to lose sight in one eye. I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah, I feel like I, sh- I should, shouldn't should be complaining as much because, uh, like, it's not like an arm or a leg, but no, it's still like an eye, you know? You can complain. Yeah. That's okay, pretty major, you, yeah. Josh. I, I give you permission to, <laughs> you know, I, and I say this on the show sometimes is that people are, are it's so funny because when people have bad things happen to them, a lot of times they feel guilty, compla- complaining, quote, or just expressing their feelings about it mm-hmm. and it's like because it, so they say exactly what you said which is yeah but it's it's not as bad as someone else's right. misfortune but it's still your misfortune sure like it's still that's still heavy mm-hmm. it's still it sucks yeah no I'm it sorry. does and so like uh i'm on one and so now i'm just trying to like get some shit done before that one goes i guess you know i don't know i don't know that it, they say it might not it might so it's kind of like it might not though it might not i don't know it depends on how the days go and how much sun it gets. I have no idea. So wow, man could, could be any day. Oh my God. (laughs) So, so when, and does that put kind of a, a clock ticking in the back of your mind? You think it would, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, like at the end of the day, I'm like, well, it's going to happen. So whatever happens before that is like bonus points, you know? Yeah. So if something happens before that and I get to live this awesome life, then cool. If not, then like at least like this will just shut down, and then I'll be like, "Well, I, I'm glad I didn't make it anyway, because then I would have just been blind in this prison I created for myself." <laughs> so. Well, I'd say that you've already led a pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. It's been very fun yeah, so far. That's pretty awesome because I I had somebody email me um, that they had been a a wrestler. Like they wanted to be like WWF. I actually listened to that. Oh, you one. did? Yeah. Yeah. And that guy, he's what, 32? I think so young. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know quite a bit about wrestling. Okay. Well, there you <laughs> um, go. AJ Styles, top of the game right now. He's 40 years old. Wow. And he's like just hitting his stride. Wow. But I mean, he had like a long tenured career coming up. But this guy, I'm just saying, hope's not lost. No. Unless he has like medical issues or something that physically. Uh, like I couldn't uh, do that. <laughs> you know what I'm not, like? My dream as a wrestler is dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. For other reasons. But also that the point like that, I don't know, but I was thinking about in relation to our discussion is that like, he's not a loser because no. he did it. Yeah. The losers are the people who will hate on you. Did he ever make money doing wrestling? Yes. Then, then you did it. Bro. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's on YouTube. He sent me a link of him wrestling and compete. It's like, well, dude, you did it. Yeah. Not doing it. Not even trying is the loser. Right. Not conquering the fear and not never leaving the small pond that you're the big fish exactly. in out of fear. Now you can stay the big fish in the small, if it's fine, if that's for you in this lifetime, but if you feel the itch and you ignore it, 
that's a fucking loser. Right. Right. Like how many people, I mean, even for me, like if I just died right now or something like my, like I'm just a good feature. Some people are like, oh, you know, they shit on that. But like, I'm like proud of that. You know what I'm saying? Like you made it though. Yeah. You're right. How many good, good features feature. are out there? Yeah. There's not. Yeah. And you're opening for one of, in my opinion, the funniest yeah, exactly. human beings on the planet. Yeah, that's the way I feel too. Like how many people get to do that and in such amazing venues and things like that. Yeah. So I'm ecstatic about it. And like everything else is just like. Now it's trying to get to that next point of sustainability or whatever that is. You know what I mean? So I can't do that without coming here or New York or whatever the case may be. But obviously this opportunity was better than New York. New York seems so unbelievably ridiculous to live in, doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah. uh, It seems really hard for somebody starting out to pay rent there. And like, I don't know where people live and can't afford. And then the the rent that like I pay here. I have like a decent sized apartment. I compare, I think about New York all the time. If I paid this amount in New York, I'd live in a closet yeah. or a drawer or something, you know? And there'd be snow. I don't mind the snow. <laughs> you hate the snow. And gray bananas. I grew up in the snow Ugh. with gray bananas. Are our bananas gray? <laughs> yes. I've never yes. really looked at them. Every time I go to the East Coast and I get, I get a banana, it's gray. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm everything's not in HD, obviously, so <laughs> right. I haven't noticed. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So, so, so you're, you're working at the radio station mm-hmm. and when did you get the first inklings of, all right, it's time. It's what, what, how did you know it was time to make the jump, to make a change? Um, I knew for a while, like a couple of years, probably I was like, you know, becoming very, uh, disenchanted with my current situation. I wasn't like excited about my job anymore. And I, and they knew it too. Like everybody at that radio station was very like encouraging creatively and stuff like that. Like they let me do some ridiculous shit that I had no business doing at such a young age, (laughs) but, uh, they let me do it and they've always been very supportive. And so I felt comfortable there. You know what I mean? Like I grew up there and eventually I was just like, I need to do something else, but I didn't know what that was. You know, I didn't know how to like make that leap. Um, And then, you know, like I got this chance. So I was like, bam, I have to grasp it and do it because otherwise I'll have no other choice and I'll always regret not doing it. Yeah. Because I think too, that, um, what's that stupid saying when, when you take the leap, the net appears Mm -hmm. and like, sometimes it's the other way around that the net appears and then you have that window to take the leap. Mm -hmm. I don't always believe that the net comes when you jump. It kind of doesn't. I can't tell you how many people like since I moved here, they're like, Oh, the universe just uh, works things out. I go, the universe has been kind (laughs) of shitty to me in that regard. So I don't know if I trust the universe right now, but, uh, yeah, I'd rather have some other little parachute, but Right. But I think, but then again, you could go, oh, wait a minute, but what is it, you know, was it the universe that brought this, this opportunity to you yeah. in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then you were, your eyes were open. Well, one of them <laughs> metaphorically, uh, to, to grasp. And I think that's the whole thing is your, your mind's got to be like kind of open to seeing mm-hmm. the opportunities as they come and not, and not immediately. I mean, honestly, cause like, I remember when, you know, when you get a big offer or some, and it, sometimes those offers come and they're so small. It, they don't come in grand packaging. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, do you want to do this thing? 
And it's like this major thing. And yeah. at first you go, yeah. And then you go, fuck, no, I can't. <laughs> Wait, I can't. I have to, but I can't, I can't move to California. I've got to feed the cat. You know, like yeah. you come up with all these reasons, right? Yeah. Thankfully, my living situation at home wasn't like the best. So I wasn't like, <laughs> I wasn't like, I was at the same time, I'm like, how am I going to get out of this whole deal? And then I was like, this is a perfect way to get out of that. But <laughs> <laughs> what was going on at home? Um, so like at one point, um, uh, <laughs> My father moved back to Buffalo from Pittsburgh, and we thought it'd be a good idea to live together. <laughs> oh. A couple of couple of swinging dick bachelors, and uh, you know, for the first little while, it was fine. And he got sick, so it was like kind of a necessary thing that I lived there. And then he got better, and I was like, "Get me the fuck." <laughs> out of here and i didn't know how to leave at that point you know what i mean because it was like how and so well because uh, financially you become accustomed to that exactly and And it was like both of us were so (laughs) it was like yeah i was ready to bail (laughs) so you mean to tell me that it's not fun to live with your adult oh no (laughs) parent no not no 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 not when you're both relatively not adults (laughs) also like you're both just like yeah and then uh you know like i felt bad that he was living with his adult son too so we had like equal like our rooms were like the same you know what i mean it was like a shithole apartment (laughs) and sorry i just gave no it's fine and i gave i let my dad have the whole place like, I was like, I don't even want to bother you. I'll live in my room. I don't care. I'll never leave. What do you mean? Did you cook meals in your bedroom? No, like, but I just you... barely cooked. And if I did, it would be in the shadow of night. And <laughs> like, or when he's not home, like we never crossed paths. It was like, wow. I really lived in there like a goddamn hermit or whatever. And then uh, towards the end, I started walking to this bar down the street. And I would just stay at that bar and watch like sporting events in oh, television and like I made like a community at that little bar, which is the saddest thing. But it was like the nicest thing at the same time. It was like it saved me at the end. But yeah. it was like I need to get the fuck out of here. Isn't that, it's funny because I think everybody listening can relate to that of living with like a horrible roommate or maybe a boyfriend or girlfriend where it's at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, please don't let me go. You know what it was like at the end? Yeah. And it was like, I would have anxiety in my car in the driveway. Oh God. Um, Please no. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh God, I want to go inside. I hope he's not awake. I'd listen to like full podcasts in my driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Just like sitting there and uh, I'll be like, maybe he's in bed at this point. But uh, yeah, I just, it got to the point where like I had so many roommates and so many different apartments for so many years that this was like, I knew this wasn't going anywhere. So I was like, for two years, I just like sat there. I'm like, I can't. It was like almost three years by the end, but it was like, I don't want to move anymore. And uh, like you said, you get financially entangled. So yeah, I'm thankful I'm out of there. Well, plus you also have the sick parent dynamic or the, the, yeah, the, the aging sick parent who you have assumed some responsibility for. And that's a terrible, it's so hard. It's so hard. Oh my God. Watching mortality occur in front of your eyes like with like your dad or whatever it's fucking brutal and then like thankfully he like came out of it perfect or whatever as perfect as you can be but it was like for a while there i'm like what if i like just come home and he's dead like how do i do what do i do (laughs) which really can happen yeah like and what do you do (laughs) you know what i mean like call call the morgue what i mean and then i gotta pay like what money to like transport them and shit like i don't how does that all work how much does that cost oh so (laughs) and it's a fortune to cremate them oh sure i don't even know what he'd want like in his whatever 
uh, his will and shit, then I have to find where that is, probably. It's the worst. Yeah, I don't even know how to even handle that, so you know, I would, I'm glad I live across the country now. Yeah, it's someone else's <laughs> problem. Sister it's a sister. Oh, it. I wish I could. Yeah. See, I wish I had that. Like, All I want in life is like a codependent sister who it's it's she's all about that sort of stuff yes like what's mom doing I, don't you care and i'm like no i don't you do see it. my you sister is that person oh, you're but so she'll lucky. hold it over my head <laughs> she knows that i'm not she's like guess i'm gonna take care of you know like that kind of Good, thing so let her no and i go yeah, you know me uh, <laughs> i'm a real dope you know that kind of <laughs> i love that yeah. shit you just pretend you don't know how to do anything and then they just take it away from you yeah. that's see that's a guy trick by the way i've learned that that's how men uh, do it that's that's no no i should reverse that that's why women feel put out a lot because <laughs> yeah. like we'll just do it as yeah. opposed to just letting it lay and let the guy figure it out like it might take like this morning for instance this is so it's just not whatever um i usually feed the dogs and everything and this morning i was like what if i just didn't feed the dog i wonder if the dogs would get fed and sure <laughs> enough tom was like did you feed the dogs i'm like no <laughs> But I thought to myself in the past, I would have done it begrudgingly yeah. and then secretly resent him. Mm-hmm. Why, don't, why doesn't he do that? Yeah. Well, I never gave him a chance to feed the fucking dog. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so you have the sister at home, the codependent sister who can take care of dad. So we know that dad's kind of squared away. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that when you announced the big news that I'm going to move to LA and become a successful stand comedian that <laughs> all your friends and family oh, yeah, and coworkers were... cheered you on and oh, everybody yeah. was super positive, right? A lot of people were, <laughs> I'm not going to say that there weren't people that were positive, but there were also people that were like, aren't you like sad? <laughs> I'm like, about what? <laughs> I'm going to LA to like make my life better. Hopefully what should I be sad about? Buffalo is a real tight knit community and like people can't understand like, why would you leave? Unless right. you have to. Like, when you leave, it's because it's like, there wasn't a job here for him, and he had to go work somewhere else, and it's like a sad thing. Everyone wants to live there. And I get it. Like, I love Buffalo. Um, I would like to become successful enough where I could live there part of the year or something. You know what I mean? But, like, uh, it's a great place. It's a great place to raise a family. And But I'm not raising a family. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, do stand-up comedy, and it's not a great place for that. So it's not a show business hub whatsoever. So for me, it was like leaving is something that I need to do and I always needed to do and I should have probably done it earlier. Um, But, you know, 31 is like kind of like gun to your head time. Are you going to be, are you going to do this or are you going to like keep jerking off at home? You know what I mean? So living with your dad. Yeah. Like fucking making whatever money. Doing, doing the same old shit. Doing fucking fire halls and VFWs and shit clubs right around the you know there's some great clubs but right you know you're also doing i'm gonna do shit clubs out here too don't get me wrong yeah no you're hey, shit do clubs like- <laughs> hit me up on twitter <laughs> no, no you'll be doing them for a while <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, but that's interesting so it's like uh i've talked about it on this show too like when change happens it's usually because there's nowhere else to go like mm-hmm. you know what i mean staying put is painful yeah leaving is painful but the pain of staying is greater than the pain of leaving and the 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 uncertainty of what's to come yeah right like it's like a scale of like well the suffering i know the suffering of staying (laughs) the suffering of leaving is like the unknown like could it be worse maybe but it also could be not as bad you know what i mean i know the hell that i'm in (laughs) you know what i mean so um it would have been like one of those things where it's like, I've always would have been like, what if I did that? You know, like, and I gave it a real shot. 
Yeah. What if, you know, I don't want to think that I know what would happen if I stayed. You yeah. Know? And, and here's the good news is that if you wanted to return to Buffalo and do what you were doing, it's probably going to be there in some yeah. shape or it form. It would also be extraordinarily humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is why Which I is love, the fear of yeah. going back. That's why I'll never do that. I love it. Yeah. And I, you know, I know in this uh, culture, shame and fear are considered big no-nos and you mm-hmm. should never shame anybody and the fear and love. No, 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 boo-boos. Uh, it is fear and anxiety and shame that kept my ass up uh, mm-hmm. every night when I was in my early 30s trying to make a career and it's that fear and anxiety that's going to compel you to make the phone calls to get feature work in fucking whatever city and you're going to get on that plane at four <laughs> in the morning yep. and you're going to do it mm-hmm. right because that's the 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 motivator oh yeah yeah because Hell of yeah. that fear you don't want to go back to fucking Mm-mm. Buffalo no not because I don't like Buffalo because I don't like my life that I left there that's right yeah. you don't like it you want something better yes so where do we stand now what give me a, a snapshot of what what, what what you're looking at today emotionally um, you know we don't have to give too many details about your physical life but <laughs> how are you feeling um, I feel at, for now like I can breathe for a second uh, but it's like another hurdle is coming yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's always something where it's just like, how am I going to make that happen? And uh, I don't have those answers, and I've just stopped giving a shit about that. Like, I'm going to keep just... I think not having the answer is, like, better. Yeah. Because then I can be open to anything. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you have an answer and that doesn't work out, then you're like, well, now what the fuck That's do do? exactly true, and that's what all the self-help hippy-dippies tell you, that... You don't need to know how it's going to happen. You just need to know what you'd like. Yeah. And I'm not a positive person. No. <laughs> not no. at all. Like, no. uh, <laughs> I am like, I think doing comedy in general is a delusional thing, but I'm not yeah. delusional within it, if that makes any sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Other than I... the, other than the like desire to do it, that's the only delusion I have, as opposed to like, I'm like, I'm going to be doing this or I'm going to be yeah, on that. Don't you know do what that. I mean? No. Stupid. I think like, yeah, I, I think that the the best comedians, the people that I've watched become very, very successful, didn't think about the successful part as mm-hmm. much as they thought about getting really, really funny. Mm-hmm. And then the success was a byproduct of tenacity, funniness, right place, right time, be, running the marathon because it is a marathon. And eventually, eventually your number comes up. And if you've got the talent to meet the number coming, mm-hmm. bam. Yeah. I was talking... I mean, I'm sure Bill Burr wouldn't mind me saying this on the show, but I was backstage with him and I was telling him how I got my first special. And he was like, Christina, that's great. I was 40 years old when I got my first special. I was a fucking loser. I should have been a fucking loser. And I was like, I'm 41 and I got my first special. And like, yeah, but it's the love of, of what you're doing and who fucking cares? Like you're in it, you're in it. And that's mm-hmm. the winner. Like that's the big win is yeah. that you're doing it, dude. You it feels it. weird saying that I'm in it. That's another thing I'm having trouble yeah. to like coming to terms with. Like, cause it's like, I'm in Hollywood trying to be yeah. in show business and I'm like the most unfortunate looking person to do that. <laughs> probably in a very, like, uh, you know, like comedy is one thing. There's a lot of ugly mooks and comedy. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. 
I can't tell you how many people on this like tour have been like, I thought you were David Cross when you came out. And I'm like, David Cross would be very upset that you said that. <laughs> well, you're actually in, uh, then, you know, you're, you're doing character. If you want to act, you're a character actor. Yeah. You're... It's like you could be a rapist or you could be a retard or a retarded rapist <laughs> or whatever. There you <laughs> yeah, go. That's my niche. There's your lane. Yeah. Book me for all those parts so uh so you're in bed at night <laughs> yeah. walk me through the the nighttime do you, when do you get terrified <laughs> when does the terror come oh the what? daytime more than the nighttime <laughs> when all those people are out there in their nice cars and they're walking around <laughs> doing things like i'm like what are they doing like <laughs> god how do they have money to do all this stuff and then i'm just like i don't want to go outside because that costs money yeah. uh also the heat here is crazy yeah so i shudder myself in a yeah. lot and then I like, all right, I got through a day. I didn't spend any money. I didn't do anything ridiculous. So that day, boom. That day's out. Shock it up. Put another line on the on the wall. Yeah. You know? So hopefully I can just start doing that and then also getting sets or whatever. So and getting be, spots around town. Yeah. Yes. So the opportunity you mentioned is opening for Tom. Yeah. Right. For for a long, for the rest of my year mm-hmm. or whatever, which is a maze. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've got that locked down and then, and then, and then, and then, and then yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, and then, you what? know, hopefully I can, I don't know, get something rolling by then. But if not, I just die i don't know what happens you won't die, yeah. <laughs> you won't die. you'll figure yeah, it I out i have to figure it out yeah so we'll see what happens i have no uh, i have no idea people ask me and i'm just like listen i wish i knew like when i was coming out here people were asking me all the time to like so what's your like plan and i'm like you can't i have no idea like don't ask me that like i don't i don't know and i wish i i wish i could tell you something to put your mind at ease but <laughs> i don't have anything to tell you you know well, I, I mean, yeah, you didn't come out here totally without any uh, stuff. You know, like no, you've yeah. got work lined up for the right. next few months. So that's check. That's great. Right. You had a place to stay lined up. Mm-hmm. We found that another. That came very last minute, but yes. The see? I almost just came here and was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Airbnb. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Right. But you, it, it so you did have some structure mm-hmm. there. Because I, I think too, what's important with, I have never had, I've moved to San Francisco, but that was for college. Um, I've never had to move across the country to start anything, but I mean, I imagine finding a roommate might be a good situation for any people listening. Yeah. Yeah, Like before you land in the city you want to live in, maybe find through Facebook, through mutual friends, somebody who's subletting or or whoever you could live with. Mm -hmm. And then some form of income, or maybe you have a nice nest egg of savings that you can burn through. I did not. You know no savings? (laughs) I had very little, I should say. I was cleaning up a bunch of bullshit. Like, I spent my 20s like a meteor was going to hit the earth the next day, essentially, every day. (laughs) So I just like... And then, like, I also just was stupid with money. So I had a lot of debt from my 20s. Plus, I worked in radio and did comedy for my whole life. So um, I just didn't have any savings. And, like, I spent a lot... Like, once this decision came down where it was like, yeah, I have to do this and I have to be there by this time, I was like, I have to clean up some shit so it doesn't haunt me. Do you know what I mean? Good for you. So I did a lot of, like, I spent a lot of money doing that. And thankfully, I cleaned it up so I don't have to worry about those things anymore. But then I came here with, like, nothing. So that part was, like, terrifying. Other uh, than work, incoming work, thankfully, helped. 
But that's really smart because I don't know if you're a fan of Susie Orman. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what she says to do? She's like yeah. a financial... Those shows give me anxiety, so I can't... Most people. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. Like, don't t- I don't want to hear what I'm doing wrong all the time from this <laughs> sharp-dressed, uh, <laughs> angled-haired uh, lady. Excuse me, are you commenting on her binary status? I don't, uh, uh, is she non? Is she yeah. not? Oh, okay. <laughs> She's Isn't she identifies as a woman? She's okay, a lesbian, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, but so... But Susie Orman, I, I recommend anybody reading the if you want if you want money someday. Here's why. Here's why. And this is my belief that and Louise Hay, if you like Louise Hay, listen to her and her talks on money. Is that money is an extension of your emotional place. Where you are up here is what what your finances will look like. And number one, what Susie Orman will tell you to do is to get rid of that consumer debt. Get rid of the the shackles of credit card debt so then you can go forward and i think what you did was really symbolic and really great and really responsible and shows a clear mind because you went no 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 let's get rid of the past let's clean the slate and then i can start fresh in los angeles and Mm -hmm. i can really make a clean start and i think that's really indicative of a clean mind (laughs) a good emotional state i'm serious i wish i didn't clean up i wish i cleaned up all of it (laughs) but but i mean you know i'm thinking of the things i didn't clean up and i'm like uh Uh, no i mean that's that's a nice compliment i i don't know that it's true but uh yeah i I mean i hope so i don't think i have a clean mind at all i think i have like a i'm gonna fuck it up Oh, mind. Let's talk about it. You know let's what I'm talk. saying? What are the demons telling you? Right yeah, now? like because that's just what they say all the time. They're just like, "What are you doing?" You know yeah. what I mean? Who are you? Who are you to succeed? Who are you to have yeah, nice things? Not even that. Like, it's not who are you to succeed. It's like who are you to even like attempt this? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who's telling yeah. you that? Whose voice? Me, is that? myself. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're just not worthy. You're a. Who are you to even try something? Yeah, like I don't know. It's like you think you. I don't know. You think you have talent, bro? Yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. you're a fucking. You're a loser, right? Oh yeah. yeah, listen to those demons. Go watch TV or something. <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> listen, but here's the. I think the wonderful thing is that you can identify the voice because a lot of times that voice is so unconscious, and the the success is when you go wait a minute, did I just say that to myself? Did I just really chastise myself for wanting to do something that's a little beyond my grasp right now or whatever? Did I really just shit on myself? And if you bring those unconscious thoughts to consciousness, then you can deal with them and be like, wait, who said that? Now, why would I even, wait, why am I not worthy? What are you talking about? There's a point where, you know, Bill Burr, Tom Segura, uh, they were open micers. Yeah. I've known Tom since day one of stand-up comedy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he started in the same neighborhood that actually you're living in. Wow. So like, yeah. Yeah, that's they crazy. They all started somewhere. It is crazy that when you think about people starting out in their, their whole odyssey and everything like that. But, and I don't know where I got this because at like 16, 17, when I got into radio, it was all brash. Like I had no voice like that. It was all like, yeah, I want to, I want to be on the radio. So I just don't go home. And I just like show up here every day. Eventually they'll let me do it. And then I did it. And then like, I got to the, like, you know, the top of where I wanted to go. I, I fulfilled my goals before I was 18 in that. And I was like, well, this is it. Like, what was I doing? And then I don't know, as time went on, it became more like, you know, I didn't have that like brash confidence or like that mm-hmm. weird, uh, like where I'm just like, I'm just going to do it because I don't, it's usually the whole thing. Like, I don't think of the results. Do you know what I'm saying? Of, of radio? Well, you, or, or, you know, in general, like I'll have a good, I, I think it what in my head is a good idea and I'll 
you know, go gung ho and follow through and figure it out and like end up doing it. And then once I'm in it, I'm like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't think this through or I didn't think this was what it was going to be like, or this wasn't a smart decision or something like that, you know, and stand up has been kind of the same. I mean, not really. I mean, it's yielded more results and I enjoy it more and it has a higher ceiling, but it's been like, you know, when I started this, I was like, in four years, I'm going to do this. And then like four years come in and they go. And I didn't even think about it. But now I look back, I'm like, man, I've been doing comedy nine years. I was like, man, I wish I can go back to those first four years and like mm-hmm. work harder or something. Do you know what I mean? Or I don't know, just uh, have moved earlier or anything. I don't know. But it all, who knows if it all would have connected if I did things differently. Well, I think it worked out really yeah. perfectly. And I think where you're at for a nine year comic is pretty fucking amazing. Like you're exactly on schedule because you're a great feature act. You're featuring for one of the most amazing comics on the planet. <laughs> um, certainly a very successful yes. comic. And you're, you're in a really good place. Like, you're actually really... You're a lot farther along than you realize. And, okay. I, and I think you're, give your, you need to give yourself more I have to credit. trust myself more yeah. you know, when I do something. Um, or when I work towards something, you know? Like, yeah. I can't go into it and be like, God, you're fucking up again. This is, you know, here we go. That other shoe's going to drop or whatever. Oh, that's the worst. I get that yeah. one, too. Yeah. When's, oh, this life is too good. I have too many blessings. Mm-hmm. When's that other, when's that phone going to ring and, and the bad news is coming? Mm-hmm. When's that, when am I going to get cancer? That's around the corner. <laughs> yeah, around the of corner. course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just wait. That cool <laughs> thing's going to happen and then <laughs> poof, you're blind, bro. <laughs> Time for a dog. Right. Yeah. But that can actually, in your world, that is that that is the the sword yeah. dangling. But like you just said, you will adapt, and you will you will have a dog, or you will <laughs> a seeing eye dog, or you will or, you will yeah. adapt, and mm, you'll yeah. you'll find a way. <laughs> Could uh, you? I don't know what would it be like being blind and trying to do comedy. Still, I there mean, are people that do. I have met a couple of guys. It cannot be fun. I don't know, but you'll find you'll find the way to do it. In this era, dude, it's like you you'll find a way. <laughs> you're like, we now you're now we're definitely gonna sign you for up for show business because you're blind. <laughs> so you have more to offer. <laughs> you, you can tell know. little kids, hey, it's cool to be blind. There you go. <laughs> you can do blind school. I'll go on and, Sesame Street and shit and be like, Hey kids, and yeah. like fall over something like Dick Van Dyke. That'd be great. Well, yeah. this, you know, everyone's so PC now. They'll be like, you're different. This yeah, is your hook. exactly. You're like the blind comic. You're the blind comic. <laughs> you can show that everyone, no matter their handicaps or whatever, can do anything. There you go. <laughs> I'll just be miserable. Well, the thing is, when you think about it. Like, like I forgot what a pussy looks like. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, look, what do you, the thing is, you do know that this thing is coming. It's an inevitability. And I... And it's kind of, it's, good. I would like to die before I go blind. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. You totally I would could. like that to be the case. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to experience even one day blind. Yeah. You know? Cause then it's like, that's heroin time. Let, let's just do that. Don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. you can't. You can't. I think so. At least try it at that point. You're blind. Well, here's the thing. You've got time in between now and when may that may not occur yeah. for you. I'm not I'm not living like it's going to. Yeah. But it might. It might. Yeah. So It's always there. But here's the thing is that any of us can die. Yeah. Or have time. something weird happen. Yeah. All the time and yeah. it happens to people all the time. Freak accidents, horrifying, tragic things. So like really 
Eh, we're all really under. Yeah, how do people not think about that constantly? <laughs> I do. Every time Some people I get in the don't car. think about that ever. No, those people are stupid. Yeah, they have to be, right? <laughs> I mean, like, what is going on with them? Yeah, they're dumb. Don't you wish sometimes that you could be more dumb? All the time. Yeah, you just like, you time. see like some woman who is like a basset hound, essentially, just like a human <laughs> basset hound, and you're just like, God, I envy her. Like, I've fallen in love with women like that because they're like that. Where I'm just like, yeah, where they're just like walking around and they're just like, sniffing things and yeah. they just don't have any concern in the world other than what's displayed right in front of them and yeah i'm always just like god i need some of that in my life and then i fall in love with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i want I, sometimes i wish i were one of those girls that's just really concerned about like the latest brand of makeup i should be into like or what what kim kardashian's wearing like i, I do wish those yeah, were or like the concerns. royal family's having a baby yeah, and they're like oh yeah. my god their whole day has changed like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's Kate Middleton gonna wear? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Can yeah. you imagine? I wonder if it's a boy or a girl. Will yeah. they name it after yeah. Elizabeth? You know, Can like, you believe that there are people? That, I mean, like, look. I actually have friends that are like that, and I appreciate them in doses of like. That's the external world. Like you're you're reporting the news on what's happening in the world of nonsense. Yeah. And I'm like, I appreciate it. But I can't. I just. I can't. It doesn't register with you because yeah. it's like, who gives a shit? It doesn't affect my life. No. Yeah. You're like, yeah, meanwhile, we have this orange maniac inside the White House <laughs> and he's provoking someone to bomb us. So, That's like, so crazy. you have your TMZ world. <laughs> yeah. So. I can't even think about him. Like, that gets me so triggered up. Yeah. And I think everybody that grew up with, like, um, narcissistic parents are just, everybody is triggered as fuck. Especially <laughs> in show business because we're all like, mommy, daddy, no. Yeah. <laughs> Narcissist. It's so triggering <coughs> for people that had no control. Oh, my God. Children. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, it's You're like, right. yeah, I've stopped. Uh, I've stopped being so concerned about it all but it's oh, like it's, it's it's becoming like the kardashians or like anything else you know what i mean it's well that's the scary part is that it is becoming yeah that's bad i mean the more we pedestrianize it or like whatever make it like a celebrity culture having that guy on the fucking emmys oof. oh my god so wait let's talk about you yeah i'm sorry <laughs> You're in a you're in a very precarious time. I mm-hmm. will say, Josh Potter, this is precarious emotionally, not mm-hmm. physically. I think you're you're good. You're in a good place financially. You're in a good place physically where you're living. Yeah, no, yeah. There's a time when I'd like to talk about my fun employment vacation I took when I was 26, and I didn't know what to do with my life. And there was like two or three months where I stayed home and I played puzzle bobble all day. I didn't get outside the house, and I watched Blind Date with Roger Lodge <laughs> and that was my only how old are you this is 26 this is like the internet's what was the starting. name of the game you played oh puzzle bobble oh okay it's Japanese it's simple and I would play it for hours you and pop the thing yeah you pop you just shoot ball, bubbles yeah. to pop other bubbles stupid like so simple um, and at one point my old lady neighbor goes you know it's not healthy to stay inside all day <laughs> and I went oh, how do you know like you're watching me bitch and I remember feeling like getting really dark and really low because when you're in that limbo the danger is to start isolating and get real weird and that's totally the, my lane is yeah. i can go weird and i can isolate or is that weird though yeah it's not healthy my therapist says <laughs> isolate. <laughs> <laughs> it really isn't i i'd imagine i do a lot of that i did a lot of that before i left yeah. and i've been doing that since i've gotten here but i also haven't been here that often 
And so the days that I have been here, I consider them decompression days. I don't consider them isolation. I don't really know who I would be isolating myself from here because I don't know anybody. Do you know what I mean? So it's all isolated. But like at home, I would come home and I would just be like, like I said, I would go in my room and not see the outside. And then thankfully I went to that bar, which is not a healthy Maybe not a bar. But the good news is, and I always feel bad for people that aren't stand-up comedians because they write in and they're like, how do I meet people? And I go, well, all my friends are comedians because I met them all at open mics Mm -hmm. or at, you know, the beginner shows that we all did. And like you're, the neighborhood you're in is fantastic for that. There's a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of art. There's a lot of music. Excuse me. So the good news is at night you can go out and hop. You don't have to drive. You can hop in an an Uber or Lyft Mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck. And meet other comedians, and that's good, and that's fucking good, and that'll keep you normal. Yeah, meeting comedians <laughs> is easy. The hard part about meeting comedians, like when you go to your open mic in your local town or whatever, and I lived in Cleveland for like a year, so I experienced this then, but it was Cleveland, like I said, lateral, moved to, <laughs> from Buffalo. But like, you have to, you know, it's all about figuring out like, who do you gel with, or like, who yeah. can you even be friends with, because it's like, comedy is a job to a degree so even like an open mic is part of work and you don't want to be necessarily friendly with all those people that you see at those things every week you know what i mean so it's like you have to figure out like who do i want in my like you know friendship circle you know like who's a not a poisonous or psycho person you know and it's so hard i had such a hard time weeding those folks out like before i was in therapy for nine years (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, <laughs> I would have such a hard time doing that exact thing of like, and here, and I just got on a flight to Denver the other day and the man sitting next to me within seven minutes of spe- he talked to me for seven minutes. I knew that his wife had MS. His son had been blown up in Afghanistan. Mm-mm. His granddaughter what? was sick with, yeah. And I was he like, offered all this info within seven minutes, volunteered it just up, 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 up. And I was like, I, I didn't even say anything back in return. And nine years ago, me, wouldn't have seen that as a tremendous red flag, but now I was like, oh, you've got boundary issues. Yeah. And I, you're a nice man, but we're not going to be friends. Like, you're not in, welcome in my circle of whatever. Oh, you know what that I mean? sounds awful. Yeah. What so, did he expect from you? To be I like, think, oh my God, and like really give a shit? Like, you know what? You could use a hand job. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, I don't know. Can I suck your dick, please, <laughs> for all the anguish you've been through? I don't know. I think he wanted Ugh. sympathy. Or That's something. just airplanes. They're just full of maniacs, oh, aren't they? God, I fucking hate it. No, I get it, dude. It's but like in comedy hard. to find those people. I think it's easier because like you just like you could talk to a bunch of comics before the mic, and you're like, well, this guy's being really friendly to me, and then this guy's being kind of like in his own head or whatever. And then you watch them perform and you're like, okay, the guy that was really friendly to me just said like, don't black people smell different. And like the guy that went up after him that was being quiet was like telling real jokes. So like you kind of, that's your litmus test for who's a psychopath and who's not, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's easier in terms of a mic. It's just going to a couple of them that you got to do, you know, you got to do your homework on people, I guess. That's so true. It's always the act. And I, I've said that to people like you show, show me the act and I'll tell you what the man's all about. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust men, male comics who don't talk about their penises, who don't talk <laughs> about jerking it, who don't talk about sex. Like the, who doesn't, uh, Bill Cosby never did. Re- that's true. <laughs> look, look at what that turned out yep. to be. He's uh, been, he should have been, he's been, he's got a dick's got its tailor to, to tell, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust the people that don't 
don't address the dark side of the, the force because yeah. that means they're suppressing. What's it. the point? What's the point exactly? Yeah. Oh, there's no go fun. to a TED talk or yeah. something. <laughs> TED talk. <laughs> TEDx. If I couldn't talk about the dis- disgusting dark things in my life, then I would be doing something else. I know. Yeah. What would you be doing? I don't know. Talking about those things at a subway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or at a bus so, stop. How long have you been in LA now? You just moved here. September 5th is the day I moved here. And today as we record, this is what the... 20th? I don't even already. know. What is it? What was, the, what was the day of... Where what was Saturday? It is the 20th. Is it? Wow. Holy shit, yeah. So, I mean, that's not a lot of time and you've been on the road a bit. <laughs> So yeah. you're, you're just getting into things. Yeah. I was like, uh, I didn't want to say anything on Saturday, but I was starting to feel pretty sick on Saturday Why? and then I don't know, I just started feeling sick. Oh. And so I was just trying to like focus and that's why I was probably like a little weird. And then like when I got home on Sunday, I was just like dead. And then oh. yesterday I started feeling better. You got the cold that Tom and I have? Probably. Yeah. It's a fucking nightmare. I know, I know. And that altitude, right? I don't like the altitude at all. I'm just winded all the time. It just goes to show what, like, physical shape I'm not in. You know what I mean? I'm just, like, walking upstairs, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, what is wrong with me? Well, that's the good thing. You, uh, you I live- hit 30, and I was just like... Yeah, well, the wall. You hit yeah. the wall. Well, there's a good thing with a lot of free time during the day is that you can take walks in your neighborhood. And I don't have a car, so I have to walk. And there you go. And I did that... That wasn't like the deliberate reason why I don't have a car, but I was like, that's a nice little added feature. I'll have to walk. Yeah. And I don't mind walking. You know, people in New York walk hours and hours. Hours. Can't you walk hours and hours here? The weather's nice. Yeah. And it's like nice scenery. Well, the the hood you're in too, there's a lot of stuff to walk to, which Mm -hmm. is great, which is another recommendation if you're moving to a city. Move somewhere, move to a neighborhood where there's stuff to walk to. Yeah, live within your neighborhood. Yeah. That's what I've been trying to do at least. It's the best. And that's why I have a good one that I that I moved into for now. Okay. So what's the what's the I mean well let's since we don't know what's gonna happen in five years, ten years, yeah. What's gonna happen in the immediate future? What do you see? What's the next move, the next step in your uh, I would like to get on stage in LA more. Okay. Obviously. That's a good uh, goal. Very yes. attainable. That's I would like to become a bit of a regular in the scene, if you will. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. That who knows how long that could take. Um I'd like to get past at a few clubs here. That's really my goals are all central to LA at this point. And, and they're small. All doable. Yes. That's, That's how I like That's to keep great. things. And then once I check those off, then it's time to think about the next one. And then those will be doable at that point. Because if you start thinking now, like three steps ahead, it's pointless. That's a really good point. See, that's a, that's a really, really good point for people listening because they go, I want to do this thing, but I get so overwhelmed because I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do next. And what you said is perfect. Like, I, well, here's the next step, the next yeah. step that I can actually achieve. I can go to this club and try to get past here. I can go and try and, you know, those are all attainable goals. And I think that's what you do, right? It's attainable goal after attainable goal. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then eventually it gets... You know, just on a bigger, bigger, bigger scale. I'm sure that's how people do things in their other occupations, but that's how comedy should go, right? Like, yeah, you should get five minutes, and then you should get ten minutes, and then you should like get an MC set, and then you know, I don't know, live the little things. People try to like run before they can even crawl. Oh my gosh, I know. So wait, now here's what I was thinking too. I'm sure a lot of comics listening to this are thinking to themselves, "How did this lucky motherfucker?" Get set up with Tom Segura. I really have no idea the answer to that question. All the only, um, I don't know why, 
but um, we worked together once, and that was it. That was my first feature weekend of my life. Was, oh, seriously? Yeah. Working for Buffalo. Tommy? Yeah. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah, I, I told him that one time. He goes, really? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, I've never like asked like, so why did you ask me to come to the next city or, you know, like anything like that? Or like, why do I get to do this or whatever? Um, Cause I don't, I, I don't know if I want to know or like, you should, you should, <laughs> I don't know if you should ask those things. I, I, I don't know. I've never, I've wondered it for sure, but I've never like asked. Do you know what I mean? And had you ever asked him directly for no. feature work? No. Do you want to know why Tom asked you along? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> do you know the answer? Yeah. Of course you know. Yeah, it's because he likes you. <laughs> it's weird that that's as simple as it is. Yeah. That's bizarre. And that's why anybody helps anybody. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because they like them. I don't like myself, so it's weird <laughs> when like I'm like, hmm, that's like the oddest answer. You know, it'd be like, because you're on time. You know, like that would have been like, <laughs> or like, yeah, because you don't complain or something like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but that answer is more bizarre to me than any of the other ones i think and i'll tell you knowing what i know about my husband and what he's told me about you and i've heard i mean he thinks you're super funny which is number one right you Mm -hmm. have to be funny to open for him i would hope so and you have a great personality and i think like so many times i know people get frustrated like why isn't this happening and should i go get it and should i go chase and some things yeah you should chase Mm -hmm. and some things will come to you by virtue of who you are and what you're doing and i think that like, that's what happened with you. It was a wonderful piece of good luck at the right yeah. place at the right time, those things adding up, and he liked you. He just I had just, you. It was my, uh, I had just got past the feature at Helium, See? and boom. And then, like, I just kept featuring, and yeah, it's been like two years now or so. I believe in I believe in beginner's luck. There's this thing um, where they talk about if you when you know you're on the right track for a career, is if you have kind of a silly beginning, mm-hmm. uh, beginner's luck streak. And then what can happen is like you get this nice boost, and then there might be a lull in terms of action <laughs> for what happens to you. And that's when a lot of people quit. Yeah, is the lull after the boost, and they go, "Well, oh, fuck it, I'm out." And if you can stay stay in it, just stay. Oh yeah, the lull, stay in the saddle. It'll come back around the luck again, and that's that's like the the secret to mm-hmm. it or whatever. Is I believe yeah. my only ability in this world is persistence, yeah. and so like as long as I don't quit, they can't like get rid of me. You know what I mean? It'd have to be really desperate, and I don't have like a kid or a no. wife to support. So it's like I can be selfish in that way and just be like, yeah, I'm just gonna never stop. Isn't that I don't care great? how bad it gets because I've lived in poverty or whatever. You know, so who <laughs> gives a shit? That's the best yeah. part. Is that you got nothing to lose yeah. and you have nobody to support. Yeah. Or answer to or whatever. Huge. Yeah. Oh, my parents are going to be embarrassed. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's like. <laughs> they will yeah. be. Don't worry. Yeah. No, that's my point. Yeah. They are. So yeah, who yeah. cares? They yeah. already hate yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. 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 They're fine. very upset and discouraged <laughs> and like worried. Like it's not going to get worse. Yeah. Maybe I'll pay their phone bill one day or something. <laughs> They'll be like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got nothing to lose. That's yeah. that's the thing, right? Nothing to lose. And yeah, and you ever see the founder that uh Yes, I was just watching. Oh my god, it. that persistent speech that he listens to is oh. like I heard that and I like downloaded it and listened to it like yeah. over and over again. Cause I was like, that is my whole that's what I've based my whole life on. It's just not like I'm not like gonna say that I'm first to show up, last to leave, <laughs> that kind of bullshit, but like I definitely just like go <laughs> hard or whatever. Yeah, or like I don't give up, you know what I mean? Like 
I uh, learn from, I'm willing to learn from mistakes and all that garbage. So, yeah. For those of you who don't know what he's referring to, it, the movie is called The Founder and it's about Ray Croft. Ray Croft? Uh, Roy Croft. Ray, Roy Croft. Yeah. The, Roy Croft. I don't remember his fucking He's not the, the founder. Guy. Yeah. yeah. He's not the founder of McDonald's, actually. No. Two guys, the McDonald brothers. He did find it. He found it. <laughs> yeah. And then he stole it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he stole some other guy's wife. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> he's a real POS in some regard, but then you look at his achievements and he's, there's a scene where he listens to, who's the, who is the self-help guy that he's listening to? Um, I... You know what? Like I looked that up, and it was like I want to say it was either Cal- a recording by Calvin Coolidge, nice, uh, or it was like what is that fucking old school Napoleon Hill? No, God, it I was uh, it was just like the secret to success type shit, like from mm-hmm. back in the day. It was all simple garbage, but that was like the persistence chapter of it. And I can't remember the fucking name of it now, um, but it was like this old record that everyone listened to. But I want to say that narration was Calvin Coolidge. I could be very fucking wrong, and I'm sure everyone will let me know that. <laughs> yeah, there's also the old timey, um, the magic of believing. Yeah, something like that. I, I want to say that might even have been it. Yeah, Claude M. Bristol wrote that book, and Phyllis Diller credits that book for for how she got started in stand-up, was the magic of believing and how she believed in herself. Yeah, the power of whatever the, was that one. There's the power of now. Wait, that's Eckhart Tolle. Okay, never mind. Oh, no, I don't fucking remember. Maybe. But the all power these, of positivity. What's, yeah, is oh, that maybe. But all these old-timey books, like there's a reason that, I mean, the self-help movement is kind of rooted in all that stuff. And there's a reason because that stuff really works. It does Mm -hmm. work. And you can, if you don't believe it, you can fool yourself until you really do believe in yourself. And I think, especially in stand-up comedy, you'll see it happen to you. And I don't know if you're, maybe you're already there, but for me, it wasn't until I was really like, I can do this. I believe in myself. Like I really, I don't have to be the best at this. (laughs) Fuck that pressure. I don't need to be the best. I just need to be the best I can be. And I need to put in my a hundred percent and do my 10,000 hours. And Mm -hmm. I was like, once I get those hours, dude, then we'll talk. But like, until you believe in yourself, nobody else will. Because yeah. no one's going to rescue you. Nobody's going to save you. Your mommy and daddy aren't there to take care of you. Like, it's you in the world. And you got to believe in your own bullshit. Until That's the part that do. freaks me out, though, is the turn of that. Like, the transition from when you are... Because you spend so many years in stand-up, like, focused inwardly and, like, growing yourself. Eventually, you have to turn it out again, right? Like, people, you have to, like, have people enjoy what you do. Yeah in order to make this work. And it's like one thing for them to passively enjoy it. Like right now I love this. Like I love that nobody knows who the fuck I am and I can just walk into a place. There's no expectations. Best spot. You can just crush and then leave. Or if like you don't do great, they're just like, I don't even remember him anyway. Like people like (laughs) when I do well, people are like, man, that was so great. What was your name again? Like, so they don't even fucking remember when I do well, let alone when I do poorly. So that's like a sweet thing. But like, how do you get recidivism from that? And like, what should, should I be doing more on the bullshit end of things? Like that's what I call the business. End yes. of you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh, so I never know, like anybody who has like headshots and like a fucking website before they even have five minutes, I think is a joke anyway. So Don't like, do that. yeah. So like, I never really went that side of things. And now it's getting to the point where it's like, am I like fucking up in that? I'm not like giving people something to remember and hold on, like take with them, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, something that they can go home and like type in and find, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And if you're starting to feel that way, then Mm -hmm. the answer is yes. 
when you're at that point in your act where you're like, I think I'm ready for people to remember my name. Yeah. You know, and you know in your heart when you're, you know, the first nine years or eight years or whatever, seven years you're finding your voice, you're, you're just trying to be funny. And then yeah. once you're kind of, and you're in a great position, I think the feature position's the best because yeah. you're in that sweet spot of 25, 30 minutes. You can kill, you can experiment a little bit. Yeah. You can really spread your wings and figure out who you are. And without the pressure of carrying the marquee, and then, you know, and then, yeah. and then you'll learn how to carry the marquee later. But for now, that's that wonderful creative spot and like enjoy it. And yeah, now's the time. If you feel it, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. start, start building your website. Start, start thinking in terms of like who, how am I seen? I think that's a big thing. And that's something that Amy Schumer's really, really great at. Whether or not you like her comedy is, is irrelevant. Uh, as is Chelsea Handler, I would say. But the fact that they know how they are perceived in the world is a huge asset. Yeah, such another muscle too. It's like uh, yeah, to have that as something big. Yeah, that's a yeah. real gift because that that's the second the hard part. Like once you've got the act, well, then how other people? What am I providing for yeah. other people? The ability to see yourself on the outside is like really really tricky. Yeah, but yeah, the business part of it, by the way, for creative people listening, there's a time to not even dip your toe in it. In my opinion, yeah, of course. Yeah, get good. Do what you did. Incubate mm-hmm. in a safe place where eyeballs aren't on you. Yeah, I think the biggest mistake I've seen young comedians make is like, I got to get into the improv. I got to get into Montreal. Well, how long have you been doing it? Four years. No, don't. Yeah. Don't go. Don't go. Because you don't get a second chance to make that first impression. Mm -hmm. And when the club owner and whoever sees you and you suck, good luck trying to get back in. I'd rather get shit too late than even... Oh, than too early. Like. You're talking to the queen of getting shit too yeah. late. Like I always was like, I didn't even develop in LA. I would drive an hour south uh, in this shitty place in Huntington Beach and I would do, you know, two nights a week down there. I'd sit in traffic and I would do my time outside of LA so nobody saw me until I was a seven-year comic and then I would get into That's a great idea. When did your parents find out you did comedy? Oh God, from the very beginning. Really? Yeah. It took my parents a couple of years. And then I was in the paper, my picture was in the paper and they were like, you do stand up? And I'm like, yeah. And they were like, when are you going to tell us? They're like still together at the time. And I'm like, I don't know when I got the tonight show or something. Like I said that, like I had no sense of anything. I was like, yeah, I'll just do this. And like, once I'm on television, then they'll like, I'll tell them (laughs) not realizing like, you know, that is like a odyssey type thing to go after. So yeah, my mom, I uh, knew I was doing it. Uh, I took a comedy class, actually. I'm, I'll admit to it. I took a stand-up class. I think it's good to Sometimes learn. Sometimes you need that push out of the nest or whatever, yeah. like a bird, like to get that <laughs> flight. <laughs> yeah. You got to get on stage. So it's like, that's what people always like. They're like, I want to do comedy so bad. I'm like, all right, I know four mics this week. Let's go. Let's go to one and I'll yeah. get you up. This is back in Buffalo, like when I could just get people on mics or whatever. And, uh, they're like, okay, uh, well, I can't really tonight. And I'm like, yeah. so you don't really want to fucking do it. You just want to talk about doing it. Yeah. And I think too, why not stack the cards in your favor when you're trying something new? I, I don't understand why people would put themselves in inherently negative situations when you're fledgling at yeah. anything. Like, Did you pay a lot for your class? Yeah. $300. Oh my God, those fucking robbers. I had no, and of course I had no money back those then. charlatans. But on the other <laughs> hand, the guy taught uh, good things like, joke structure set up and punch little things like when you get up to the stage take the mic out of the stand put the stand on the side that would take me three years to fucking learn it really dude i would not have picked up on that but the fact that it like little stuff and then 
confidence. And then your first showcase was like buffered with mm-hmm. people in the class. And then your family would come. And my mother saw my act and she goes, I, I mean, it's not like you are funny. <laughs> It's just that the way you are saying things is kind of funny. (laughs) You know what you should do? This is true. She goes, you should wear like a tool belt and then you can talk about the different tools (laughs) on your belt. And I was like, I'm pretty sure somebody's you ever try it? doing that. No. <laughs> of course. It's my big Sounds closer. like sage advice. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Tool Belt. Out Tool October belt. 10th. Come see Tool Belt. It's called What Does This Wrench Do? <laughs> well, just like for oh, you, you're man. the California comic. Yeah, like right. Tom and I What's up, to- bros? <laughs> How about yeah. them waves off the 405 today? What's up? We're I, don't know, I, don't, I don't even know the streets. So like, Las Segenegas Boulevard, bro. It's so busy, right? Oh, man. So you're in it, dude. Yeah. You're in this transition. You're terrified. Mm-hmm. Nervous. Anxious. Yeah, I'm all the things. I'm, uh... Yeah. I love it. I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to get laid again in this you city. <laughs> There's so many girls here, and it's like... I'm like, they don't even look at me like I'm a the same species as them. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? LA. Yeah, they're fucking crazy. LA's the worst for that stuff. I always feel bad for the transplants in the beginning. Yeah. In Buffalo, it's like, I, if I see a girl, I'm like, well, either I fucked her or someone I know fucked her or someone that he knows fucked her. You know what I mean? It's like right. so cl- incestuously close. Well, here's the good news about LA and being a transplant is that there are others like you here. Mm-hmm. And if you can find those folks and they're nice people and they'll hopefully befriend you and stuff, you know. I'm on the Bumble. Is See that, how that works. Is that dating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so great. Do you swipe swipe on that? Oh, letter? yeah. It's a swiper. God, it's so demeaning. It is. It. is. I'm on there like, God, I'm like, who's swiping on this? And then like, I, I have to write something pithy in the in the caption in order to snag some yeah. ladies. What's your, what's your thing? What are it's you saying? It's silly. I don't even want to admit it. Please. But does it work? It's uh, uh, on a certain type... <laughs> It's like a Beauty and the Beast reference, so okay. it's like, uh, oh, I just say like you know something about like I got this rose and all these petals are falling off it, and it's down to the last couple, so I got to find someone quick, kind of thing. And uh, a couple of girls like, <laughs> yeah, that's cute, and they like do it, and I'm like, yeah, con that one, snap in <laughs> yeah. the trap, yeah, like I like, like the con that on one, it. in the snap trap. Yeah. That's the way I feel like when I get any attractive woman to like pay attention to me and they're like, huh? cause I'm like, it's all a con game. Like yeah. I'm not rich. I look <laughs> like this. I'm like, I got very little going on. And so like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I fucking con that one into not me. true. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not true. what else is it? I mean, I'm rational at the end of the day. No, like, let me tell you it's something. It's not logical. No, no, me. you're wrong. You're wrong, Josh Potter. Here's what you have going for you. And here's what a good woman will see. Here's mm-hmm. what a good woman will see. Okay. Not these fucking skanks that you're meeting on your <laughs> apps. Where do good women go these days? Uh, don't ask me that one. I'm too old. <laughs> but here's the truth of it. Okay. Because let's just say when a young Christina P met a young Tom Segura, do you think he had a nickel to his fucking name? <laughs> he slept on a mattress on the floor. He didn't even have soap in his shower. <laughs> Nothing. But you know what he did have? A fucking winner's attitude. Yeah. Well, he's, he's got confidence out the ass. Now. But even back then, it was it was on a... Like, he... 
I think it's, I knew he was a moral man. He was a good man. He loved his mother. Not that you have to love your mother to make you a good man. But he, he... I do love my mother. Yeah. I feel awful for her. No. Well, but I, I knew that he was good inside. And that's the most important shit because looks fade. You're going to get old. You're going to yeah. rot. You're, we're both rotting together right now. <laughs> but I knew he was a good man. And then he, he, he would treat me well. And I think, you know, the superficial bitches out there, they're going to judge you on the external. Listen, you can make your money. He made his fucking money eventually. I knew he would because he was a fucking winner from day one. <laughs> Inside, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. He's got, he had the drive and he had the tenacity and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got the same shit in you, man. You've got all that good stuff and you're a nice dude. Nice guys get shit on constantly in this world because bitches are fucking bitches. In yeah. LA, okay. But you're not just in LA. It's pretty much universal. I hate that. Yeah. That makes me crazy. It's weird because I went from being like, growing like you know teenager early 20s kind of being like that guy the Who's nice guy? the nice, oh, the nice guy, guy. You know, yeah, like yeah, where yeah. i'm just like you're a princess you don't deserve that <laughs> you should you know like white oh, no. knight shit and then i was like this is not this is not making any of the of, of them want to do it <laughs> the, <laughs> you know? pro- the, the problem is a lot of girls think they mistaken the um the push pull of the bad guy the the zing of mm-hmm. a guy that treats them like shit for attraction. For passion. For pa- Yeah. Oh, isn't this exciting that he doesn't call me or that yeah. he doesn't come home? No, it's called abuse. It right. fucking sucks. Get with a nice guy that's going to call when he says he's going to call when he comes home. When he says, like, why isn't that arousing? It's, it sexually <laughs> arouses me that my husband does what he says he's going to do. <laughs> that's not enough for you? Guess not. But yeah, so I mean, like, I've learned the con game and it's just like oh, I have to convince geez. them. What a nightmare. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but it's, it is a nightmare too. What about church? I don't know. What religious? about church? Do people go to church? I don't, people? I haven't gone there. I know, I know where you can go. I'm serious. Oh my I, God. Do I want to meet a church girl? Is that what no, you're trying to say? No, this Mm-mm. is even better. Okay, ready? No, thank you. Okay, no, listen. You you believe in... None know. of these hikers either. You're no, gonna, You're going to no, send me to the Zor that. Valley or whatever, or what's it called? The uh, Zor. That's where I live. Uh, you're talking yeah. about a, one of these fucking... Self help. Here's the thing: if you're in, if you're in LA, if you're a guy in LA, and you've got a little uh, emotional intelligence, <clears throat> excuse me, to you, mm-hmm. Marianne Williamson gives talks every Tuesday night. It used to be at the Saban Theater. I don't know where she gives her talks. Now you go there, and it's nothing but girls. There's fucking two dudes in the audience and a sea of women listening to Marianne speak. And these women are all like open minded, generally not materialistic sluts. <laughs> who just want to swindle you. Like, they sound intense. They're though. good. They might be. <laughs> like super intense? No. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like that's that's where I would go if like, I were I just want to meet a girl that like at the end of the day like doesn't want to do anything if she doesn't, you know what I mean? Like Netflix, <laughs> smoke some weed, is like chill yeah. as fuck. Yeah. That's it. Like not someone who's going to be like, um, your aura seems like really off today. Like, I think we need to adjust you. No. And I'm going to be like, I'm fine. <laughs> Isn't that, don't you wish you could put that on your dating profile? Just, yeah. All the things I just said. Yeah. That's what Tom and I talk about. If we, he and I were on these apps today, it would be like, chill as fuck. Netflix. Yeah. Uh, don't ask me to exercise with you. Yeah. Let's cook. I don't want, these people are Come like, on. I love outdoors. And nah. I'm like, ugh, swipe left. <laughs> Uh, walking no i cook it's like good i hope you cook but like let's not get crazy about it like what's your grocery bill like toots (laughs) (laughs) so here's what you're looking for like a shut-in yeah like me like just like let's just 
stay inside, smoke <laughs> weed, watch all the house of cards that you can stomach. All the cards. Yeah, all the cards. <laughs> Maybe we buy food once in a while. <laughs> Sounds ideal. Yeah. So any ladies out there. There you go. Contact yeah. Josh Potter. Those are my three requirements. Go ahead, lady. Do you like to nap? <laughs> do you like weed? And do you like Netflix? Actually, that sounds like the foundation of Tom and my marriage, minus the weed, because we yeah. had a child. But like, yeah, that was the foundation of our relationship was just chilling together. That's what you do when you're married. Chill time. I don't know why people dress it up with all these other fucking activities. Oh, God. Yeah, it's exhausting. Let's go get ice cream. Oh, God. Fucking put a bullet in my well, brain. I, uh, Josh, who doesn't like ice cream? Okay. I don't. Uh, I don't like sweets. Really? <laughs> I don't. At, at you all? You can psychoanalyze that one all day. No. No, I don't at all. Like no sugar? I mean, I like sugar. Like I like a soft drink once in a while, wow. but that's about it. Do you hate pizza too? No, I like pizza. I don't like cake or like... Oh my god! Stuff like that. What's wrong with you? Cookies. What? Not even chocolate cake? <laughs> no. no. Especially chocolate. not chocolate cake. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. What's your least favorite kind of cake? Chocolate cake. You're <laughs> fucking crazy. I think my favorite cake is like carrot cake. I love carrot cake. Maybe your taste buds are whacked out. Probably. What does it taste like to you, chocolate cake? Ugh, it's too sweet. It makes my like f- cheeks hurt. Yeah. Maybe you have something going on with your taste buds too. Probably it's fucking rad. Okay, so we're gonna I'm gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, let's. Uh, so we have the future. The future. You're doing your attainable goals. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You're gonna walk a lot during the day. <laughs> yep. You're gonna go to your open mics at night to meet other comedians. Mm-hmm. I like that. Do you have any words for the the person listening that might be on the verge of doing what you're doing right now? Um, make sure. That you are on the verge of doing it and you're not just like, you can't, I don't know. Can you move here without doing any sand? Like, do you think it's a good idea for sure. people to like say it's for stand up, right? Or music or whatever. And you have no experience doing it where you live now. No, I think that's foolish. Some people do that. I would say stay in your small pond. And if you're telling me there are no comedy shows where I live, start one. Yeah. Go to the bar, your local shitbox bar and start an open or mic. find the closest one, even if it's an hour away. Yep. I, before there was a club in Buffalo... I would drive to Junior's Last Laugh, which is, at the time, the worst comedy club in the country, maybe. (laughs) And you had to be clean, and you couldn't Uh. even, like, allude to sex or anything like that. And I would go there just to, like, fuck around uh, and try to get on stage. I would do guest sets, five-minute guest sets. It's, like, over an hour away. Or I'd go the other way to Rochester and... Oh my uh, God! Roost, wait, what's it? Rochester? What's it? It was the Joe comedy T's. club. Joe T did run it for a little yeah. while, but then thankfully he left very early in my life. And the guy who took over for him was his partner, Mark Epolito. Yeah, he gave me like my first MC weekend, my first, oh my God. my first like technical feature weekend, but it wasn't really. And my first head, he headlined me one weekend, and uh, so I'll always go back to those clubs. But um, he has a new one now. I will say Rochester is one of the hardest rooms. Oh my God! Those people don't laugh. They don't no. even know what joy is. They have no joy. No, and especially in serious. that Webster place. Yeah, they, it was. <sighs> They would come in and be like, go. And you're like, yeah. all right, guys, what do you think about it? And they're like, fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? They would not give a shit. They, that was a very hard room, Rochester. Uh, the East Coast generally can be pretty <clears> tough, <throat> like Syracuse or What's it out like there? in the West Coast, I guess? I don't know. Oh, uh, we're way more. We're dumber. It's the sunshine and the heat. Makes oh, you I a see. little like, looser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, 
a little more multicultural. You mm-hmm. won't just see white people in the room, which I love LA audiences. People shit on us, but I think, uh, you know, you do have industry people and they're not as phased, but that's why I like going to like Flappers and Burbank because those are regular people. Those are just mall people. Yeah. Valley people, which I grew up around. So that's t- like totally my lane. Mm-hmm. Um, the comedy stores, tourists. You've got people, the guy in the front's from Germany. This guy's from Tennessee. This person over here is visiting from Idaho. Like it's just everybody. So that's industry cool. people. That's got to be weird. Like I'm used to just like Hicks, you know what I mean? Or like <laughs> just fucking farm people or whatever. Like you go to do bar shows in Buffalo, like South of Buffalo. And it would be some like neighborhood towny bar. Oh, and then boy. you'd have like, you know, people would lose their fucking minds though. Like they would go get so wasted. These are old people, like way older than you. And like, it would be like fucking roadhouse or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? It would be bonkers. But yeah, I mean like to go back to what you were saying, um, I would like, I definitely recommend incubating in a city. And like conquering your bubble that exists and then outgrowing that before you make the move. Um, So I would suggest like doing that. Like, I don't know. I always had like high school was a bubble. It's like, I'm going to conquer that. And I got to the point where I did that. And then like college, I just gave up on. But, uh, you know, once I started doing comedy or whatever, I was like, I want to become the top of the scene as small as it is. You know what I mean? And so it's easy to navigate your way through that kind of thing when it's small. And then when you come out to here, it's like a little overwhelming seeing how big it is and how many comics there are. So starting here would be ridiculously stupid. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's it's definitely, I mean, I, I just started, so I don't even know, I don't have a reference. For right. You lived smaller. here though. So you at least knew like yeah. the community, like to not only adjust to like your surroundings as uh, a person impossible. and then also to try and navigate the fucking labyrinth that is comedy (laughs) no don't do that but if you like get to the point where you can burst that bubble in your own scene then move here you know what i mean yeah because you want to show up with something to offer you don't want to show up and knock on the club door or whatever somebody's door and and they're like well what do you got kid and you're like i don't know you tell me yeah i want to do it that's not no one everyone fucking does you know (laughs) No, come come with something, a resume mm-hmm. that has some kind of experience yeah. so that, look, and that's another thing I think, you know, people are wired to take and it's not about taking, like give, give, give and give some more. Yeah. And that goes with stand up, like give it your all, give the audience more than what they bargained for, you know, like the, they paid for. Give them a fucking great show. Yeah. Say hi to people if you can after the show, unless there's metal detectors in the club. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Yeah, metal detectors. Yeah, in Sacramento. They did it, and it's oh, a man. it's a lovely club. The people are lovely. I guess somebody. I don't know, long story, but Live Nation installed gun. You know the metal stuff, and I was like, um, should I be? Saying well, hi wouldn't to you people? feel safer when there was a metal detector than when there wasn't? No, it made me. It creeped me out. And you were on the good hide. side of it, right? Yeah. So they scanned people when they went through it. So you at least knew none of those people had guns. I guess. It just made me weary of standing out in the hallway because that's where I would have to greet people in that That's interesting that you had the inverse reaction. Like you were more (laughs) frightened of the club that has the metal detector of the people inside of it than like, you're like, I'll go to, I'll do a meet and greet at the next (laughs) club that doesn't have a metal detector. But my thinking was, well, why are they so concerned with this crowd? Are these people so shady? Like, and I don't think the fans of this show are shady or your mom's house or any, you know, 
know, fans, mm-hmm. but there's like other peeps in there who I'm like, what are these going to, I don't know. I don't know. It spooked me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I agree. Incubate where you are and bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think people understand, like, I, I look at everybody, like I follow so many different kinds of people on Instagram and I love it because like so, there's this one girl I met in New York who's an artist and she gave me her artwork um, at this club and she's like, I'm just starting and I can't believe you like this. I can't believe anybody likes it. And in my mind, I'm going, I could never do what you're doing. Yeah. To you, that's whatever. To me, that's amazing because I can't, that's not where my skill set lies. Mm-hmm. So just think about whatever it is you have to offer to somebody else, they're fucking blown away by it. And you might be like, well, I just do this. This is just the thing I do. Yeah. But the thing you do is pretty miraculous. You it's know? true. To some other fucking dipshit. Who can't do that. <laughs> that was the fun part about radio is like doing something in front of a large amount of people constantly, like every day, four hours, every Jesus. fucking day. And it was like, uh, it was fun. You know what I mean? I grew up doing it. So it was like people knew me from that and they would come to my shows and stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not, I don't miss it right now. And I'm yeah. happy to like not have to do it. And also like I can focus now on just one thing and like hyper buckle down and not be like creatively exhausted or fried all the time from waking up at shitty hours. But, uh, yeah. So like I loved radio, but I'm excited to do something different and maybe it'll go back there again. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know, dude. I can imagine. I always think about that because I listen to Stern a lot, and it's four hours. Yeah, of well, he does funny. like two days a week now. I know, so <laughs> but I mean, hey, he did it for he deserves that because he did for however fucking oh many my years, God. four hours every fucking day, sometimes five hours, and like he's the man. Like I, his longevity alone, just knowing. I mean, I was getting up at that time from 2004 until just this past August, and like. I wanted to kill myself every fucking day. <laughs> Getting up that early is terrible. And I and I didn't even have to do it as bad as like the actual hosts. They had to get up well, well earlier than I did. What time is that? Like they had to be there a little earlier than I had to be there. Like I just had to be there at six. <laughs> they had to be there at like six and also be talking and like doing the fucking <laughs> show. So they had to get there and get their bearings about them. But fuck that. Isn't it funny? They, <clears throat> they call it the glamour industries. Um, show business, oh, modeling. Fucking radio is the lowest rung <laughs> of the ladder. But but I'm saying to the, somebody listening to this who it, you know loves radio. I love radio. I yeah. wanted to be. Hell, I wanted to do it too. I, yeah, that's why I did it. <laughs> awesome. Like yeah. it was the best. Yeah. But it's so unglamorous, and people think like I want to be that. I want to be an actress, and then you you try it or a model. You know, fucking actually modeling. Oh god. Kind of brutal. Like, yeah. Those bitches kind of earn, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they also happen to be genetically like that. So it's Gifted, like yeah. there's that, and they have to do the extra, whatever that extra. There's tons of hot chicks around everywhere yeah. that like aren't models. Now, yeah. you, now with Instagram, it seems like everyone can be, but like, uh, I mean, to do like that top tier modeling, like not only yeah. do you have to look that way, but you have to have this certain mindset and like eat no food and like, Oh my gosh, live on an airplane, like, and breathe all those germs that other <laughs> slobs breathe every time. And like, just have it go through your frail body <laughs> and ravish you like those fucking diseases. I don't know. So, I mean, they, they put up with a lot and they're long hours, long hours. And in the beginning, no pay, you know, that runway models don't get paid in right. cash. They get paid in clothing. Wouldn't it be ironic <laughs> if they got paid in food? <laughs> they couldn't eat their own earnings that's the one benefit there's no craft services i guess any modeling they're just gigs. crackers oh my god 
<laughs> what a nightmare. But I, I mean, like radio, there are some, I, I was lucky to work with some very nice people, but there are also some psychopaths in yeah, radio, egomaniacs, sure. because you like at the end of the day, like some of these guys like become 60 years old and they haven't left that fucking market and it's over. Yeah. And they take it out on everyone around them. Yeah. You know? Oh, I've so. done those shows <laughs> yeah. for press. And it, oh, yeah, of like, course. What you, and then there's uh, that fucking stereotype, too, that I hate. Because, like, you know, comics are always like, oh, I got to do the radio. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I work on that show. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, they come in and, like, thankfully the show I worked on was cool. But, like, you hate when comics come in and they have, like, that shitty attitude yeah. about, like, because, you know, they've done this, like, 600 times in the last year and with every, you know, fucking barf and taco in the morning. Barf shock. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a bummer. So it was like definitely something I wanted to get away from for a little while. Yeah. Well, now you're free. Freedom's scary, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary and it's nice. I think It is scary. I'm not doing anything with it, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of like scared, scared enough of it that I'm like very staying very like down the center lane, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, I have faith in you. I know that. Excuse me. When my husband met you and just adores you, and he believes in you, that's very nice. Thank I you. believe in you. I've seen you perform now. You opened for Tommy when he shot a special in Denver last weekend, and you walked out to a crowd of I don't know how many thousands of people. And honestly, if I had done that as a nine-year comic, I probably would have shit my pants <laughs> because that's a high-pressure gig. Get all the Netflix executives. It watching. was high pressure. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> was probably the, the most. Uh, not nervous, but like definitely where I was like, there's a lot I could fuck up here. A lot. And a lot yeah. of eyeballs on you, at, you know, but you did great. Thank you. And I believe I you, so. the talent and you have the great personality and you've got everything going for you and there's no reason Thank you can't you. get everything that you want. And we're going to, let's meet again in a year and let's talk about your journey. <laughs> we'll come back and be like, well, I live in Buffalo again. <laughs> Maybe, but maybe. <laughs> I, I, mean, I work at Geico. <laughs> <laughs> Geico. Gosh. That's like knows? one of the biggest employers in is that, Buffalo. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Everyone, that's like uh, me and my buddy have a joke. He's a comic in New York. And he's like, uh, you know, we talk about girls that we used to date or whatever. And he'll be like, yeah, she probably just married some Geico fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Got a nice picket fence and shit. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say that the good thing about LA is that it, I imagine it, it does up your game in that you want to be more than where you came from. And, and you also, what I like about LA is that you've got all levels of success here. You can go down to the comedy store and you can go fucking watch Joe Rogan. Yeah. Who I think is like, and Bill Burr, my the two stars that I go yes sure of course yes those dudes are doing something that I really especially Joe who's a podcaster also yeah. as Bilda um, and you go like wow there's that level holy shit and I'm yeah. in the same building right now like I <laughs> I'm not I'm nowhere near but at least I'm in like I'm on I'm in the game I'm mm-hmm. in and I and you can see like oh that's possible that's fucking possible, dude. And you're in it and you're in the same arena as these people where all that stuff is possible. The one thing I, I, and I'm not trying to swing it negative, but I have to like be mindful of is the 
and I've encountered these people at the couple of shows I've been to. It's the fucking LA guy who's been here for a few years and is like, nothing is happening. And they're just like, fuck this city, man. You know, like that kind of guy. (laughs) There's those guys. I feel like those are more plentiful and around more often than a Joe Rogan or a Bill Burr probably. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's filtering those fucking idiots out of your brain. And and can I tell you what exactly? I'm so fresh to the city that it's like, I don't even want to hear that. I remember when a guy was starting to talk that way and I'm just like, fuck you. Like I didn't even want to. Like I stiff armed it. I was like, I love get the it. fuck out of here. I love it. You know what my toddler does when I try to give him something he doesn't want to eat? Bam. <laughs> get that shit away from me, man. That's exactly the mm-hmm. right way of thinking. I don't even listen to it. When I hear comics bitching about oh, my agents or my man, what are you complaining Ew. about? Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, next. I don't even talk to these losers because that's a fucking loser mentality, yeah. dude. That's that's the loser right there. They're a victim. What are you complaining about? Ugh. Shut the fuck up. It's all up to you, bro. Exactly. I would never complain about comedy. Ugh. That's why I got into it because it's like all on you. Yeah, dude. You don't like what's going on with you? Fucking go change it. Of course, like, oh, there's the industry doesn't, you know, like, I don't fucking want to hear any of that shit. I don't know. Well, and also people forget that the Joe Rogans, the Bill Burrs, these guys have been around a long time and it takes mm-hmm. more than two years yeah. at anything to make a dent. So it's been a long time that these dudes yeah. have been in the game and you're looking at like severe, like they're vets, bro. The only time <laughs> yeah. I ever complain is about something that I did wrong. Do you know what right, I mean? Right, right. And then I'm like, God, you fucked up this or you didn't do this or like you should have showed up here more or whatever. I don't know. Something like that. It's never like the world, man, <laughs> you know, like or whatever the fuck uh, when it comes to comedy, at least, you know. Well, it's easy to do that because you don't know how the how it all works because there isn't there isn't a clear line in stand-up Mm-mm. it's not like every other career really you go work at geico and then you can become a manager or a middle manager it's not like that so yeah. it is a ubiquitous winding road and people who don't deserve things get them a lot and you will get mad and you mm-hmm. will go what why is that you got to be fucking shitting me but every time you think that just remember there's someone saying that about you yeah of course 100 <laughs> percent. and then you feel good 100 percent. the one thing i do is like I'll notice, like, if there's a comic that I know that I'm like, that guy is not better than me, and he gets a show that I thought I didn't have any business being on, that'll inspire me to go, if he got that show, I can get yes. that show. Is that weird? Is that too, like, braggadocious or whatever? No. It's only certain dudes, but it's like, I'm like, if that dude got that, I'm going to try and get that. You, you know, know what? I, mean? I agree with you 100%. There's this thing I, I noticed that would separated me from other from successful comedians, I should say, successful comedians back in the day and that was entitlement mm-hmm. and i don't mean that in a shitty no the entitlement. opposite yeah i mean that in a way of i've got the skills to pay the bills and i deserve to have x y and z i deserve that shit and, and i'm gonna get it and i didn't have that until late yeah. in the game and that's why i think i'm a late bloomer in comedy because it, i just never want me I can't, mm-hmm. i'm just gonna go yeah. do the it route. takes like a certain piece of shit for me to go <laughs> i'm going after that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it takes it takes until someone you know you're funnier than yes you go now that's fucking bullshit and i know if that motherfucker can do it i can do there was that. a show in new york that i was like man i'd love to do that show and i never fantasized I fantasized about it. I never would have ever submitted for it. You had to get five comics to vouch for you that have done the show. Oh my God. All this different God. stuff. Yeah. So like I <laughs> saw this one dude on, I go, get the fuck out of town. <laughs> and I was like, no fucking way. So I, I call my buddy. I go, will you be one of my vouchers? He's like, fuck yeah. I was like, I'll get so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so to be. See? I'm like, sweet. I got four right there. And then I call another guy. Boom, five. And they all did it. And then I got on the show and I was doing it like two weeks later. And I was like, what? 
boom. Yeah. And Isn't I got that and then great? that show shut down and I was so happy that I got to do it. <laughs> but see, this is the power of negativity. And I hate yes. and I hate that negativity is poo-pooed right. a, a, as a whole thing. It's like, no, no, no. That's actually turning that into a positive thing of like, fuck that guy. That guy sucks. I'm gonna do yeah. this too. If that guy if that asshole can do it, I can do it. And too. it's not me being delusional. I know I'm better than that guy just yeah. through logic. And I would never say that unless I knew it was a fact. Yeah. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. Well, because in stand up, the beautiful part is that the audience lets you know whether or not you're full of shit. That's exactly true. The audience they tell you if you're funny. Mm-hmm. You can masturbate all day long and you're you know, it's 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 about it's an objective fucking thing. Yeah, you can so, talk into a void all day and yeah. like just because you did that doesn't make you good. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, I love that. But yeah. entitlement and deserving, and and that's a huge part of life that I, and also what what you will and, and won't tolerate, and what how you tolerate being treated, what fucking abuse you will take, and what abuse you won't. There's calculated abuse that you'll take, and then there's mm-hmm. uh uh-uh, uh fuck you, I'm yeah. not doing that no more. You can kiss my ass. Mm-hmm. And anyway, but I think that comes later once you've established yourself. Yeah, I, I definitely tolerate <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think now is the time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you when you got to. your foothold, and then you can be like. No, I'm not doing that. That's going to be fun. I hope I get to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There are certain sounds I'll never do. Someday I just am like, God, can't wait to be like, fuck you to that guy. That'd be so cool. It's going to be great. (laughs) Anyway, Josh Potter, where can people find you? I'm on the Twitter at J underscore Potter. Not the best name for uh, audio. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, it that's what it is And uh, I'm also on like YouTube or whatever I guess YouTube and I don't have any sound or I don't have any like stand up on YouTube But I have like bits I did and shit Like sketches and stuff I did for radio And stuff like that But it's all I don't know Should I put stuff on YouTube? That's <laughs> yes See this is where we're at So you know That's see? the thing Like I don't know when to do those things Right and, now Yeah Now actually now is the best time You've got nothing but free time at home during the day you Right have an internet connection Yeah You have a computer mm, Yeah Squarespace Mm, I don't have that, but I I hear they do wonderful things. Use promo code bro at checkout. <laughs> yeah, okay. get ten percent off. Nice, um, easy peasy. Build it yourself. I've done it multiple times. Now is the time to put that shit up so you can contact a booker. Hey, here's my uh, here's my set. It's a private video or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Now they care time. about that stuff, huh? They most certainly do. How many Twitter followers do you have? Are you on God. YouTube? Do you I, th- have a I have page? a okay amount, I guess, but I need more. <laughs> Follow him, <laughs> yeah. Josh underscore Potter. Help yeah. this guy get J some underscore Potter. J, sorry, J no, underscore okay. Potter. Um, we'll give you. How about in a week? Will you have your website up? <laughs> I hey, I'll do that. Okay. I have nothing. I have no gigs this weekend, so I have nothing else to do. You're gonna build your fucking cool ass website. Yeah, that'll be use my hermit mentality for good. There you go. <laughs> well, I know. I'm certainly sure everybody listening is, uh, we're all rooting for you. And oh, thank you. You're going to sure do there it. are some that are. <laughs> no, there's some haters, but yeah. But what do you do to them? Fucking. Your Wonder Woman shield. Of yeah, bullshit. right. I eat my vegetables hey. or what I say. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> Fuck them. Anyway, thank you for coming, Josh. And we'll check Thank you in. for having me. It's my first yeah. podcast in LA. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, it's good luck then. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Philosophize with Yeah. 
It's Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep.